Hey friends, it's Cody Monkman here, and I am so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. Hey, this is a podcast where we don't preach. Our conversations open up more dialogue on Sunday's sermon, tackle current and local faith topics, and upcoming activities at First Christian Church in Clinton, Illinois. You can find this podcast on our website at www.clintonfcc.com or a link to each podcast on our church Facebook page. And again, hey, we are so glad that you are listening to the Monday Recap Podcast. And now, for your Monday Recap. Hey friends, welcome. You're listening to episode 10 of the Monday Recap. 10 episodes? 10 episodes. Dude. And guess what? It's not Monday. It's not. Friends, we're recording this on Sunday afternoon. That's right. Because we're getting ready for the big Fan the Flame concert. Since we're here at the church, why not just record? Be productive, right? And for those who are listening, they might remember like a week or two ago where I was like, hey, my voice sounds a little cracky because I'm not fully awake yet. Right. I'm in my prime right now. You are, buddy. Prime time. This is is the perfect time of day for me. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, okay. Well, hey... um, Let's talk about church today. I thought it was a great day. I, I thought, you name it, I thought it was a good day. Really, all, um, well, all the way around. We're in the series for the core values. Launched it today, Hey, Kobe. I, I'm having a little bit of a brain fart. Okay. Um, are we in week one or week two? Well, week one of the core values, but technically week two, because the first sermon was our mission sermon way back on January That's 8th. That's right. That's right. You know, the love God, build the church, reach the world. But this is the first of 10 consecutive Sundays that we look at a core value. And this week, the core value was the word. The Bible reveals truth about who God is and who he wants us to be. Boom. And so here's my first question. Yeah. You uh, mentioned, and I quote, our authority comes from God's word. I'm assuming you got that from like in writing somewhere, maybe our church website or something. We have six staples that we publish that kind of helps define who we are. Authority comes from the Word of God, saved by the grace of God, practice baptism by immersion as part of the salvation process, weekly observation of communion, um, every member ministry and independence of the local congregation. Number one is our authority comes only from the Word of God. Not like tradition or... Culture. Culture. Human reason. Right. Right. Well, um, here's my first question then. What does it mean to like practically... In practical terms, what does it mean to have God's word as your authority? Well, I think you take it. Take a look at any issue that is out there. I mean, we live in a very permissive culture. Wouldn't you agree with that? And yeah. I think anything goes is kind of the definition. Uh, it would be possible for someone to say, culture says it's okay, it's okay. I think for the follower of Jesus, I think for the person in our church, hopefully, that's a follower of Jesus, they would say, it doesn't matter what culture says, does God's word address it? Is there truth from scripture? Is there truth specifically from the words of Jesus? But, you know, all of scripture, what can I glean on any issue that that comes our way? Mm. Uh, Another quote from your your sermon god's word is valuable and should be hidden in our hearts and obeyed in our lives yeah um, hide and seek yeah that yeah that was the first thing that came to mind was yeah. hide and seek yeah um yeah. tell us a little bit about that why well that? i love that challenge when people lay it on my heart and adam did it in a sermon a week ago are you seeking god's will for your life are you in tune with God's call for your life? And I think the two go hand in hand. We hide God's word in our heart, and that allows us to seek God's word, God's will for our life. 
Um, and hide and seek starts tomorrow, right? Yeah, Bible memory class. We're calling it hide and seek. YMCA um, is going to be hosting us every Monday at eleven thirty a.m. I'm really excited. Hey, um, I haven't told you this yet, but I plan on coming. Awesome! It's on my calendar, and I haven't told you this yet. But one of the two Bible verses <laughs> that we're going to memorize tomorrow was your communion oh, meditation. Oh, I thought you were about to tell me John to fifteen. It. No, oh, yeah. wow. we're going to do John three sixteen, which yeah. my guess is a lot of people have memorized. And then John 15. Okay. So, yeah. Are you going to do it to like music? Make it Zumba No music. Class? No, I'm not cool, buddy. No I, Zumba? I, I don't have that Zumba. That'd be a good idea, though. For God so loved the world. He I gave his like own son with a little like, you know, Zumba. Hey, if Gretchen Isaac's listening, we might be able to get you plugged in <laughs> to the Les Mills rotation. Cody, when's the last time you did some serious exercise? <laughs> hey, you know what? Emily and I did a retreat this weekend in yeah. Indy. Yeah. And we decided yeah. that one of our goals for yeah. the next six months yeah. is to join a Gym. Wow. No joke. Well, there you go. No joke. It's one of the goals. So you're going to be in a class, maybe? Uh, Zumba, probably not. Okay. I've but never done Zumba. I'll either. go if you go. Body pump. Body you want to do pump. body pump? I used to, yeah. What? Yeah, we'll see. Right. I don't know. Maybe. We'll All see. All right. Let me pray about it. Yeah. All right. So. <laughs> God wants you to be in shape. I can tell you that right now. You're hilarious. Okay. Um, so you talked about how God's word can be used as a guide to discovering God's will for our lives. Right. Um, can you share with us personally how knowing God's word helped you uh, have discernment on what God wanted for you personally? Well, I think going back to, you know, my decision to go to Bible college and my decision to, you know, I really had this vision of being a teacher and being a coach and I'll be honest, I think I would have loved that as a career, but I really felt like God was calling me, and, and this is not disparaging teachers and coaches, because I know many of them, I'm married to one, I love them, but I really felt like God, the more I read scripture, the more I saw Jesus' passion for youth ministry, the more I showed up at Champaign Centennial High School and saw students that did not have the hope of Jesus, the more I really felt like that was the direction I was being called. And scriptures like 2 Corinthians 5, you know, that, that we're called to be Christ ambassadors, that we have the ministry of reconciliation. Matthew 28, go and make disciples. I think when you allow God's word to permeate not just your mind, but also your heart, I, I think you start looking at life differently. Are you telling me that you you were actually thinking public school education and and like coaching oh, yeah. duo? Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Absolutely, but I can totally see. Ab it. Absolutely, I've always had a heart hmm. for um, education. Uh, always had a heart for sports, and definitely, definitely thought long and hard about it. No regrets, but but I think God's word was a major reason. Seeking God's will through God's word. A major reason I didn't. No, didn't you say when you were in high school you were the water boy for the basketball? <laughs> well, I made the basketball team my freshman year, <laughs> and I got cut my sophomore <laughs> year. I know, I know. I didn't you, even go out. If you were to year. coach a sport, what would it be? Um, I probably know more about basketball okay. than any other. Would okay. be my hunch. But um, you know, you'll laugh at this. I was on the swim team. What? Uh, I did track and field. Yeah. I, I don't know that there would have been one sport more than any other, but um, yeah, I could have definitely traveled down that road. And if you were to teach, what subject would you have done? History, without a doubt. I've oh, always loved man. history. Yeah, Dude, always. we're like the same person. Yeah. Now, English, forget about it. <laughs> Math, forget about it. But history, love history. Politics, civics, all that. Yeah. Well, you know, Sign if, me you, up. if you were a teacher today with Common Core, you'd practically be English class. I, oh, wait. I know. Touchy subject. I sorry. Know. Hey, is Common Core going away? I don't know. I'm hearing rumors. I'll, I'll pick up the phone and call Donald J. Trump. Okay. President. 
Donald J. Trump. President Donald J. Trump. Sorry. Um, But that's cool. I didn't know that about you. Love the history. It took me uh, four and a half years to to realize that I wasn't going to do public ed. Right. And I got to tell you, if I could, as a retirement career, serve in that way, I probably would. I won't be able to. Obviously, I don't have the right endorsement. But um, I have a real passion for teaching. Cool. Absolutely. Well, um, obviously, this question, um, keep it confidential, but can can you share with us um, how you have seen individuals neglect the Word of God yeah. and it destroy their relationship with God? Well, you know, I used the illustration during the sermon of running. You know, if you're a runner and you run all the time, running's no big deal and you start to crave it and you start to look forward to it. But if you take two months off, most people, when they try to jump back in and say, go for a five-mile run, seven-mile run, you're going to be dying because you don't have that regular repetition. I think the same thing is true with God's Word. And I think what ends up happening, Cody, is people start developing worldviews that are very much against God's Word, but they're not in God's Word, so they don't realize that that's the case. Mm. And you know, I, I think look, you look at some of the big issues that are facing us today. I think if you were to ask people, what is your position on the refugee crisis in our world? Um, you're going to hear more people articulating answers, not even considering the Word of God. Good people, but I mean, they have their minds made up. Maybe they've watched a certain political channel on their satellite or their cable, and that helps form their opinion and their position almost 100% in God's word, you know, they don't spend any time in Matthew 25. Yeah. They don't spend any time reading, you know, about, I put a scripture on Instagram yesterday, I don't know if you saw it or not, I did. about God's heart for the foreigner, you know, yeah. and, um, and again, I'm not trying to come up with any big pronouncements of how people need to um, go crazy when it comes to the, the positions that they have, but God's word, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, God's word has to be authority, in my opinion. And uh, just so you know, I when listening to your sermon, I thought you did a good job of avoiding the, I'm not trying to make a political statement. Right. I'm just trying to tell you, go to God's word. Right. Like, be rooted in the word. Right. What does the heart of God have to say about right. the least of these, people yeah. who don't have... Yeah. But that's really uncomfortable for a lot of us because the reality is for many of us, we don't really have a a biblical perspective when it comes to the least of these. And that's not just talking Syrian refugees. That's talking people in Cornell and Oil. Sure. Well, I just, it's a hot button topic right now, especially over the weekend uh, with the federal government kind of changing their right. policies on right. immigration. Right. But, um, and let me say you this. Did a good job with it. I'm not saying that I think that um, some of the changes don't make political sense or practical sense. I'm not saying that. I certainly don't want terrorists running roughshod on our country by any stretch of the imagination. But I think we have to approach everything, and this issue specifically. Does God's word speak to us? And if it does, what do we do with it? I thought you just made it clear that you desire for the church, the congregation, to have a biblical world view, not a political world view. Amen. um, All right. So you have four different, I guess I would say, sub-values of the core value word. Yeah. yeah. And that is every life matters. Yeah. Poverty. Yeah. 
sexual purity, and those in authority. Well, I guess I would say it like this. We were in Psalm 119, the first 16 verses, and what I really wanted to do is get out of the book of Psalms, but take the book of Psalms with us to 2017 and look at some real life issues that we're facing. How do I take God's word and allow it to speak to the issue of life, to speak to the issue of poverty, to speak to the issue of purity, to speak to those in authority? So how has the congregation at FCC been led into yeah. valuing every life matters? Well, I would say I've been here 10 and a half years and I've always felt like there was very much a pro-life culture and you know we're very actively involved with the New Life Pregnancy Center in Decatur. Lineai Christian Ministries is in a great is a great adoption resource. So I felt like that was a natural. What I wanted to help bring alive today, and I drove it home probably too much, but the idea that every single life matters, and you know we give it an amen when we're talking about the womb, and we should. But that person in the nursing home that is struggling and, and, you know, life is as awful as it's ever been, that life matters to God. And the person that, that's living in poverty in our community, um, we can't turn away. That life matters to God. Syrian refugees, I mean, I'm sick to my stomach when I read what these people are going through, what their life is like because of the civil war that's unfolding there. Every life matters to God. I think we have been a pro-life congregation, but we've only defined it in the context of abortion or euthanasia, and it's bigger than that. Yeah, and I think I thought that was really good that you've expanded our, our thoughts on that in ways that maybe we wouldn't have considered. Um, poverty. What are we doing yeah. in valuing those living without? Well, here's what I would tell you. I think we're doing some. I think our food pantry is making a difference. I think the, the yearly grab-and-go is making a difference. But I think we're just scratching the surface. And my heart, and we've talked about this at length, is, and I don't know what the answer is to this, we've got to figure out how to break the scourge of generational poverty. Yeah. And I don't know how you do that. Yeah. And if someone has an idea, I'd love to know what it is. But we need to help people who are 16, 17, 18, 19 years of age and their parents, you know, dealt with poverty and their grandparents dealt with, and I'm talking severe poverty. How do we help them break that cycle? Is it a resume class? I don't know. Is it helping them understand, you know, how do you present yourself? I, I don't know. Is it helping them understand the value of, you know, finding a job and keeping a job and building a savings account. I don't know. But we have to do it. We really Last do. I knew, it's been a while since I've looked at it, last I knew about 40% of Dewitt County is at the poverty line or below. Yeah, I think it's maybe even a little bit above that. Which, even if it is 40%, the people who are just above the line, you might as well just put them below the line. Right, I mean, they're right. struggling to make ends meet. As and it's that old proverb. I think it's a Japanese proverb. You've heard it before. If you give a man a fish... You feed him for a day. If you teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. How do we take that principle and put that into play? Yeah. yeah. Sexual purity. Yeah. Um, you know, the reality is culture tells us anything goes. Culture tells us if it feels good, do it. Culture tells us there are no rules. And God's word's really clear. Um, acting out sexually should only take place in the confines of marriage between one man and one woman. And I know right now there's people listening to that and you're saying, man, Greg, that's politically incorrect. And I know that it's politically incorrect. But what I love about the scripture that we looked at, it's Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. And he starts it out by saying, this is God's will for you. 
that you be sanctified, that you be holy, that you avoid sexual immorality, that you control yourselves. And to me, that's pretty clear. That's pretty straightforward. And I know that's not the message that's being sent culturally. And so hopefully we have a huge emphasis on biblical marriage. Hopefully we have a, a huge emphasis on the fact that um, you know, if you find yourself attracted to somebody that is not your spouse, you can't act out on that, biblically speaking. That's outside God's will mm-hmm. to act on that. Well, and not to toot our own horn, but in our in when Emily and I were doing marriage counseling with Pete and Paula at Coco, yeah. um, towards the end of it, and we were talking about plans for the wedding and stuff, I basically told Pete, I said, Pete, Emily and I would really like those who were at our wedding, knowing that uh, we were going to have, I was going to have some like former students and stuff yeah. there, yeah. that um, and adult leaders, that uh, I want them to know that we were able to do it the right way and that abstinence right. really did Absolutely. Uh, work. Because we live in a world that says abstinence is dumb and there's no possible way you can do it and, and whatnot. And... Um, I told Pete, I said, Pete, if you can mention that in your sermon without being right. super weird, right. you know. Right. Um, but see, here's my point. do it? And, Why is that weird? I know. You know what I mean? Why is that weird? I, I hear you, and I think it's awesome, and I commend you, but that shouldn't be yeah. weird. Yeah. That should be the norm, yeah. you know. I've had sex with one person in my life, my wife, yeah. and I'm proud of that. And I'll share that sometimes, and people will look at me like, I don't want to know that. And what I want to say is, you should rejoice in that. That's not pat myself on the back. I have missed the mark way too many times. But it is doable. And you know who that's most helpful for to hear? Is the 16-year-old or the 17-year-old that is just infiltrated day in, day out with what our culture says about sex. That it's not possible. That it's not possible. Yeah. Yeah. That you've got to be the weirdest of weirdos to travel yeah. down that road. Yeah. You know? Well, Greg, you're not weird. Thank you. And neither are you, Cody. Thank you. Thank you. Well, in that way. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So um, let's go ahead and go to the next one. Yeah. Uh, those in authority and respecting them. Now, I picked this. This is probably not one of the, the major important issues, but... Um, I would say with Obama's presidency and now with Trump's presidency, you have seen two very, very polarizing candidates, both saying, I'm going to bring America together, and just incredibly vile, awful comments by Christians on both people. And I can't tell you the number of people the last eight years that are Christians and said, Obama's not my president. And I can't tell you the number of people that are Christians that I've seen on social media that said Trump's not my president. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If you're a citizen of the U.S., he is your president, period. Do I endorse his crass comments from 11 years ago? Of course not. Made me sick. I've got a daughter that's 20. I mean, terrible, terrible things. There's no condoning that. Is he perfect? Absolutely not. But I do believe that... um, the sovereignty of God, the providence of God is a real thing. And I just, I, I get really nervous when I hear Christians get so fired up in a negative way about those who are in authority because that goes directly against what the Peters and the Pauls of the New Testament teach us. Yeah. So I know that I've got some uh, friends of mine from ISU that listen to this, actually. Uh-huh. So they're mad and, at me right now. Well, 
I just know I have some that loved Obama and some yeah. who, who didn't love Obama, but somehow they love Donald Trump as well. Right. Or not as well, but they love Donald Trump. Yeah. And uh, the yeah. whole like, Obama's not my president. Right. Uh, Donald right. Trump's not my president now. Right. Right. Is this where I, I need to tell them, hey, Obama was your president the last like eight Absolutely. years. Absolutely. And Donald Trump, hey, he's going to be your president for the next four. Right. Maybe right, so, eight. Who knows? So, hey, stop with the Facebook posts that say well, Obama wasn't your president or Donald Trump. Let me just say this. Because they are. If you're listening to this and you're not a Christian, I, I don't think these next thoughts pertain to you. But if you're a Christian, the New Testament's clear. You're called to submit yeah. and you're called to pray for him. And I would tell you both former President Obama and current President Trump, the best thing we could do for him is pray for him. Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt. And I think when we think submit, we think that means I have to agree with everything. I didn't agree with much that President Obama laid out. But you know, I prayed for him all the time. And I wrote to him and told him, hey, I'm praying for you. And I'm trying to get my my, uh, my church to pray for you. And he emailed me back. Well, <laughs> someone did. His 26-year-old yeah, aide. Yeah. Are there 26-year-old <laughs> interns? I don't know. I said that. Uh, but, grad yeah. school. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, good stuff. I good loved stuff. the the study today. I thought Samuel hit a home run with second service worship. I thought first service worship was really good. Um, my Sunday school class, we're going through the book of Philippians, and it was awesome today. Um, good day all the way around. We're going to cap it off with a little carol tune. Hey Prodigal worship band. Hey yo, what is it? Two eighteen right now. We hey. got what? Three hours? A little under three hours. Under three hours. Yeah. Before the bands yep. get started. Kick so. off at five. Well, hey, let. I just want everyone here that's listening, that was at second service, to know. I apologize for yelling at you <laughs> when my mic wasn't working right. And tell the story. Why was well, it working I, it right? Why anytime was... I'm up on stage and you might not hear my voice, it's usually my fault. My hand is covering the sensor or whatever. The antenna. The, the antenna. Right, right. And hey, that's why. It's all good, buddy. So all I, good. I. Hey, in all seriousness, if, if mocking me makes you feel better during church, that's fine. I'm good with it, so, buddy. You know, kind of like how you wish you had an earpiece that doesn't like fall off your face. Oh, I, I wish I just had a mic that Right. Yeah, oh wait, it's my hand. It's <laughs> my hand. Oh, okay. Cody, it's all good, buddy. Alright, well hey, I've got a belly full of food. Yeah. I'm ready to take a nap. Can I throw one more thing in before we wrap up? Yeah, go. Reload for, for men. Okay. We're doing a special reload this Tuesday the 31st at 6 a.m. And then Reload for Men is changing to second and fourth Tuesdays. We've been first and third. We're going to second and fourth. And this is for any man that wants to come eat a great Kevin Peterson breakfast and study the Bible. We're done by seven. So if they come this Tuesday, mm -hmm. those doors are going to be locked. No, this Tuesday, the 31st. Oh, okay. oh, okay, okay. If okay. they come on All the right. 7th, which is the first Tuesday, gotcha. no one will be there. there you so go. this Tuesday, the 31st, and then we go 2nd and 4th from here on out. There you go. There you go, folks. All right, so hey, this Sunday, what's the topic? What's the core value? Samuel's preaching, and it's on worship. And it's going to be great. Samuel's worship. a great communicator. All right, well, hey, folks, we will have episode 11 next Monday, and we will be talking about worship. Samuel. And maybe Samuel, Samuel sit in. Samuel will sit in. There you go. How about that? All right, friends, we will see you next week. See Thanks ya. for listening. Bye.